Hey, welcome to the podcast. We are honored that you took time to listen to this message. We are learning to win the battle within. You're listening to part two of our series, In My Feelings. Enjoy. We're in part two of our series called In My Feelings. Come on, who's excited for part two this morning? What, uh, what we're doing in this series is we are learning to win the biggest battle of our lives, and that is the battle within. It's the battle within. It's the battle in our minds. So many of us, we think that our biggest battles are at work. Our biggest battles are with our friends. They're with our spouses. But what we are saying in this series is that the biggest battle of our lives is the battle within. It's the battle in our minds. This is called In My Feelings. Uh, for those of you guys who missed part one, I'll just give you a quick thesis statement of what part one said. If you, could, uh, if you couldn't make it, it was just simply this, our feelings lie to us. Our feelings lie to us. That was the, the, the overarching point of part one uh, in this series. And what we found out was this is a problem because so many of us live lives that are dominated by our feelings. Yet our feelings lie to us. I... Uh, one thing I realize about myself, uh, I don't like food courts. And uh, it's not the lineups. It's certainly not the greasy food or the smells. Uh, I'm there for the greasy food and the smells. But the one thing that I realize about food courts that I don't like, I realize that uh, I just struggle with the options. I str- there's just so many things. And, and I realize every time I get to a food court, I get caught in my feelings. Because like, I'll look around and... I don't want to miss out on what the best thing there is. You guys know what that's like? We, uh, it was family day on Monday. We went to the food court of West Edmonton Mall, and I, I, I went there, and this was the worst time. I had no idea what I wanted to eat. And so I'm looking around, and like everything looks so good. You're getting this weird eclectic smells, like it's Chinese mixed with Greek, mixed with McDonald's, and, but it's overarching grease, and that just smells good. And so I got there, and I just, I didn't know what I want. Like, I went over to Jimmy the Greek first, and I saw this lamb shank. And I was like, I was like, that looks good. But then, like, I got, I cut a whiff of that, like, chicken fried rice. And I was like, maybe I want Chinese food. And I'm like, no, I had Chinese food last week when I was alone by myself because my wife left me. <laughs> Not, like, actually, she was just gone for a week. And so I was at this food court and I was caught in my feelings. I was like, I don't know what I want. I ended up getting this sandwich from Chachi's. And, but the whole time when I was eating it, I was thinking to myself, I was like, did I make a mistake? Like, was there something better I, I could have done? I'm the same way at restaurants. I hate menus. Do any, I, like, there's just so many options. Without fail, Christy and whoever else is eating with me knows what I do. Every single time, I will ask the, uh, I'll ask the waitress or the waiter. I'll say, what's your favorite thing here? And I don't really care what he has to say. I'm just more hoping that he says something that I was leaning towards myself. I'm like, I hope that, that something matches up. But I don't, I don't like these options because I realized if I have no direction, then I don't know what I want. And it can be hard. And, and so I was thinking this weekend, I was like, you know what? There's actually one time when it's quite easy to go to a food court. There's one time when it's quite easy to figure out what I want to eat. About once a year, for the last three years, Christy and I have gone on like a diet. We call it a cut. You guys are like, why are you guys going on a diet? It's quite simple. Christy doesn't want me to get a dad bod. <laughs> so she forces me every year. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I love doing it. Uh, but I realized one thing. I said, when we're on this diet, we're on the, we're, when we're on this cut, it's actually quite easy to go to a food court. 
is quite easy at a restaurant because I have direction. Because there's only certain things that I can eat. There's only certain things that fit in to the diet plan. You see, when I know what kind of body I want, come on, somebody. (laughs) I'm extra careful in what I put into it. The problem in my life, I've realized, is that the hardest thing is when I have no direction. When I know where I want to go, when I know what I want to do, when I know what I want to be, it's actually quite easy. It's chicken breast. It's brown rice. It's no taste. There's only one place that has that. It's freshy. Why am I telling you this story? You see, last week we, we, we set the, the stage for this series. We talked about our feelings. We talked about how so many of us live lives that are dominated by our feelings. And so what we are trying to do this morning is we are trying to get some direction in our lives. We need direction. You see, I have this belief that every single one of us in this room can begin to win the battle within. We just have to have some direction. We have to know where we want to go. You see, so many of us, we have this overarching sense, like, I want my life to be better. I don't want to feel this depression. I don't want to feel this anger. I don't want to feel this sadness. We kind of know, but we never actually put anything in place in order for us to get there. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to double down on last week, and I want us to begin to win that battle. I want to read us a different verse from Proverbs Uh, We still don't have it, so it's in Proverbs chapter 4. We were just in chapter 3. Chapter 4 says this. Listen very carefully. He says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to your whole body. How many of you guys want to know what he's about to say? He's setting this thing up. He's like, shh. He's like, listen. I have something to tell you. I have something to say. Listen, and he, he says over and over, listen, listen, listen. Are you guys listening? He's about to give us some advice. This is what he says. Proverbs 4, verse 23. He says, guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, the writer of Proverbs knew exactly what we were saying in this series, that every single one of us, most of us, we live lives that are dominated by our feelings. When the Bible speaks of our hearts, it's not the organ it's talking about, it's talking about our feelings. It's talking about our emotions. And so he says, guard your heart, for your heart is that which guides you. But this is the problem, because our title verse for this series, the the verse we looked at last week, and this is the verse that we're trying to memorize. It's Jeremiah 17, verse 9. What does it say? It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Who could know it? So we have these two opposing forces. You see Solomon, the guy who wrote Proverbs, he's saying, our hearts guide our lives. And Jeremiah is telling us that our hearts are desperately wicked. And so you can see why so many of us get in trouble, because we are living our lives dominated by our hearts, and our hearts are wicked. And our hearts lie to us. And so it's, it's a crossroad. And this is where so many of us get caught. And this is why so many of us get caught in our feelings. But what I want to do today is I want to learn to guard that which guides us. I want us to learn to guard that which guides us. You see, what, what Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 is telling us is that our hearts guide us. And so I, it'd be easy to say, you know what, let's just cut off emotions. If we just cut off emotions, if we live life like robots, that'll be the best way. 
I'll just do whatever I process into myself. This is how I will live my life. There's a cartoon I watched. I remember there's an episode where the guy decided to give up emotions for a whole, it was the Weekenders. Anyone remember that show? You guys are either too old or too young or perfect. But what he's saying, because it'd be easy for me to say, you know what, let's just give up emotions if we just get rid of emotions, then we can live a life that is perfect. But God knows and the Bible knows that we are emotional people. So the key to winning the battle is not getting rid of emotions. It's learning to guard our emotions. It's learning to take control of that which controls us. And so that's what I want to do this morning. I want us to begin to take control of that which controls us. The problem is never our emotions. The problem is that we often don't put any parameters in place to protect them. We don't guard them. We don't have any direction. And when we have no directions, our hearts are like me in the food court. It's like whatever we see, we'll go for. If I feel sad, I'm going to be sad. If I feel depressed, I'm going to be depressed. But what we want to do, we want to learn to rein, rein our emotions in. We're going to begin to win this battle. So we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, hopefully this, the background will be there soon. But I'll give us a little background before I read the verse uh, that I want to actually read today, found in Proverbs 3, I should say. Uh, the book of Proverbs is an Old Testament book. For those who are unaware how the Bible is composed, the Bible is composed of two different testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're in the Old Testament today, and the simplest way to understand the Old Testament is that it is before the time of Jesus. That's where we are today, Old Testament, a book called Proverbs, and it's written slash composed by a man named Solomon. And as the Bible tells us, Solomon was the wisest person in the entire world. And so one of the reasons I love reading the book of Proverbs is because Solomon sets up the book in such a way that it's like a father giving advice to his son or to his child. And, and Solomon, as far as Proverbs goes, he wrote some of these Proverbs. He composed some of these Proverbs. But what I love most about it is that I can see as I read these things, the things that Solomon put in the book, a lot of them he has placed in there because it's something that he has dealt with himself. It's something that he has gone through. And so it's advice that he says, hey, he says, my child, listen to this. He says, I've gone through this. I've experienced the pain of this. So I want to give this to you. I want to give you this advice so you don't go through what I'm going through. And so we're in Proverbs chapter 3 this morning, uh, and it's the verse that we looked, at the, we looked at at the start. And what I want to do is I want to go through this verse by verse. You see, what we're doing today is we are learning how to guard our hearts. If you're with us in part one, one of our main points is we need to learn to protect our hearts. This morning, what I want to do is I want to take a deep dive into what that actually means. How can we guard our hearts? How can we guard that which guides us? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Super simple. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How many of you guys in this room have ever gone on a road trip before? How many of you guys know what the most important person in the car is for a road trip? It's the DJ. It's the person who has the aux cord. You guys know what I'm saying? Uh, whoever has the aux cord, whoever has the CD, depending on what kind of car you're driving. If you don't have an aux cord, we know what year your car's kind of in or roundabouts. But the person that controls the music is the person that controls the soundtrack, right? And I remember in my family, like, whoever was controlling the iPod, uh, it was a cutthroat position. Like, if you didn't have a good playlist, you were done. 
And I'm not throwing names here, but my brother was cut every single time he was DJing. Like, he just, it just, it didn't work out for him. Because whoever was the DJ, they set the mood for the road trip. I, I, I remember at my wedding, uh, we were driving to, my, to, to get married. My friend, uh, Benton, uh, he got us a limo, or me, for my wedding. And we were driving there. And I remember, like, the ox court, uh, it, you know, the first song was, like, I don't know, we're playing something, something bumping. Like, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but then the next song, like, all of a sudden, like, it gets, like, really sad. Like, it was just, like, a sad song. And then the next song was, like, a sad song. And I'm going to get married. This is the happiest time of my life. And then all, all of a sudden, like, everyone is depressed. Like, we're contemplating life. Like, what is marriage? And it's just, like, the person that controls the music controls the mood, right? Whoever is the DJ, whoever is in control of the soundtrack, they're going to be the ones that are responsible for how you feel. And so, so what... What, what, what Solomon is telling us here, we're learning how to guard our hearts. This is what he says. He says, you need to trust the Lord with all your heart. In other words, the way I take that to fit into our series, what, what he's saying, he's saying, we need to give God control. We need to give God the ox to our heart. So here's the thing, friends. The very first thing that we need to do, if we want to begin to win the battle within, we don't have slides, so you better be taking notes. This is number one. If you want to begin to win the battle within, you need to give God control. You need to give God control of your heart. And, and it sounds so easy. You're saying, wait a second, Harrison, you're telling me I can have joy, I can have peace, I can have happiness if I just give God control? If I just let him be the one that determines the soundtrack of my life? And it sounds so easy, but in reality, it's the hardest thing you will ever do. Because here is the thing that I've realized, and I think we would all agree, we as people, we're control freaks. We want control. I want to be the DJ. I want to put my playlist there. We love control. We love to be the ones who are in control. And so what God is saying, he's saying, you need to give me control. And here's why this is so hard. Here's why this is the most difficult thing that you will ever do in your life. Because I've realized it in mine. Whenever I give God control, God will always call me to live and act contrary to how I'm feeling. He will often ask me to be the complete opposite of what I want to be in times. One thing I've realized when I'm in control, when I'm the DJ in my life, I like to blame people for how I feel. I like to be very reactive. To be reactive means I am, whatever happens to me, that's how I'm going to act. If someone offends me, then I'm going to be angry. If my wife takes me off, my day is ruined. If my brother does something stupid like makes us sleep in the basement when there's a bed upstairs, I'm going to be mad about it. It's a true story. You see, my heart tells me to react to other people. It says your emotions, you act how you feel. That's what I say. But when God is, when God is in control, God will often call me to live and to act contrary to how I would feel. I remember um, when I was younger, I did a, when I was first starting out in ministry, I had a, an internship at a church in BC. And I was young at this time, and I had the opportunity and the privilege to preach at this church. I think I was maybe 20 years old. And at this time, I'd only spoken about three times in my entire life. I think this was the third time I'd spoken. And uh, I remember I preached and it went fine. And then what I did is I shuffled to the back and I went to the door to shake people's hands. And it was a good time. You know, I'm shaking hands and everyone's like, God bless you. God bless you. Like, 
good job, amazing, you're cool. And uh, I remember this one, this one man, he shook my hand, and he said, he said, son, I need to tell you something. He said, when you were speaking up there, he said, you had your hand in your pocket the entire time. He said, I want you to know something. He said, when you do that, you don't look like a pastor. He said, and I'll tell you this, I was so distracted by your hand in your pocket He's like, I had to close my eyes the entire time when you were speaking. God bless. <laughs> I was like, thank you. But I remember when this happened, when this guy said this thing to me, I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, man, I'm, like, I'm out here. I'm 20 years old. I've never spoken before in front of people in my entire life. And you're going to tell me about my hand in my pocket. And I remember at that time when that happened, I was telling everyone, I was like, you're not going to believe what this guy did to me. (laughs) And I I was just so mad. This person had made me so mad. He made me so mad. He made me so mad. And I remember, and it could have been this time, it could have been the time someone sent me an anonymous letter telling me I move too much when I preach. (laughs) But I... (laughs) (laughs) It was an an anonymous letter someone sent me. I'm like, man up. Put your name on it. (laughs) But God spoke to me. And what he said to me, he said, why are you going to let someone else affect how you feel? And this is what he said. He said, why are you going to give someone else the keys to your heart? He said, who is that person to affect how you feel? Who is that person that you're going to give them the key? You're going to give them the ox cord to your heart. And and I would sit here and I would say, I wonder if there is anyone in this room, you've given someone control over your life that has no business having control in your life, but I don't wonder, I know. I know every single one of us in this room, every single one of us have blamed someone for our actions. We have blamed someone for our anger. We have blamed someone for our depression. We have blamed someone for something that has happened to us. When I'm in control... I want to blame people for my emotions. But what God spoke to me in that second, what God said, he said, why are you going to give someone that you'll never see again reign over your heart? Why are you going to let what they said affect your mood? You see, friends, when we give God control, what we are saying, we're saying God is the one who is in control of my heart. And I'm not going to worry about what other people say about me. I'm not going to worry. One thing that I try to pray every single week now, because I'm speaking a lot if you guys come to this church, I said, God, let what I say honor you. I said, God, God, let my words be a sacrifice to you. And I said, God, I want to please you this week. But you know why I do that? Because I'm giving God control of my heart. Because if I don't give God control of my heart, do you know what I want to do? I want to know about your guys' opinions. My heart says, go in the lobby and ask, like, how did it go? And what happens when we do that, we become slaves to whatever that person says. And so many of us have done this. We become slaves to other people. Why are we going to give the ox cord to our heart to someone that has done nothing to deserve to be there? We're giving someone the front seat in our life and they have done nothing to be there. And what happens if we are slaves to people's compliments, we'll become slaves to their criticism. We'll live for it. I'll tell you this, my heart, everything, what my heart wants to do, my heart wants approval. My heart wants you guys to laugh. My heart wants you guys to clap your hands. I'm not saying don't. You still clap your hands. 
But what I'm saying is that if I, if I base my life around your guys' response, then I'm going to be a very miserable person. Because if it's quiet, that means I'm not preaching that well. That means I'm not that valuable. I'm not that good. But when we give God control of our hearts, we say, I'm not so much worried about what people have to say about me. I want to know what God has to say about me. And here's the thing. A lot of us were saying to ourselves, you know what? If I just get to a better place in life, then I won't worry so much about other people. If I have more money, then I'm not going to worry about other people. If I have a better job, I'm not going to worry about other people. Once I'm married, once I'm no, I'm not going to worry. I was, I read a story this week. And uh, it was about a celebrity, and so I'm not going to name their name in case they listen to this, but I don't think Khloe Kardashian will. <laughs> but I, I read a story this week, and, and it was just, or last, I don't know when it was, but it was essentially just saying, you know, like Khloe Kardashian claps back in the comments. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know how Instagram works, um, you get followers on Instagram. And these celebrities, like the highest of high celebrities, the ones we worship, they literally have 100 million followers. 100 million followers. These guys are rich. People pay them just to post stuff. Anyways, there was this story about this one celebrity. I won't name names, but Khloe Kardashian in her comments. Uh, <clears throat> someone said something. Someone said something, a negative comment. And uh, what happened was she decided to clap back in the comments. And so me being curious, I went and found out and tried to read what was happening. And uh, it was funny. I read this whole exchange. And uh, basically, she was just cussing this person out. It's like, you don't know me. You, don't, you can't be saying things about my life. Like, da, 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 da. This, that, this, that, this, that. And I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, why is this person, why is she so angry? Like, she's giving her heart to some dude in his basement that's commenting on a picture of her. And, and the reason I'm telling you guys this story is because all of us, we have this temptation to say, you know, if I just make it, if, if I just get to this point, I'm not going to care what people think about me. I want to tell you guys this. If your net worth is higher than your self-worth, you're never going to be satisfied. Doesn't matter. Write that one down. You guys got a notepad? <laughs> I worked hard on that one. If your net worth is higher than your self-worth, it does not matter because you will be a slave to what people think about you. You'll be a slave. That's why we're doing this series because so many of us are slaves to other people. I hear people all the time, man, my office made me so mad this week. You're not going to believe what my boss did. My boss is such a jerk and we get in circles and we start building each other up with like negativity. He's the worst person ever. Why are you giving your heart to your boss? He doesn't even know your name. Hopefully he does. <laughs> so many of us, friends, we are giving people control that have no business having control. What God is saying, what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is telling us is we need to give God control. Because when God is in control, we are more worried about what he has to say about me than what someone else has to say about me. When God is in control, I'm not as worried about other people. I want to know what God has to say about me. And here's the good news. God has something to say about you. And it's something positive. He's saying you are loved. He's saying you are valued. He's I love you so much. I sent my son to die for you. You are the most beautiful person in the entire world. I love you so much. First John chapter 3. It says this. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. He's like, get this. Get how much God loves you. God loves you so much, he called you his child. You know what that means? If God is king of the universe, if God reigns, that makes you royalty. And if you're the king, king's son, like, man, who cares what people think about you? And that's what God is saying. He's saying, give me control, because when I am in control of your heart, you will care so much less about what other people have to say about you. And so what we're doing this morning, we're taking, we're taking control of our hearts. 
And so, friends, one thing I want us to do, let's change the narrative. Let's begin to say, let's begin to eliminate this line that someone made me. Someone made me angry. Someone made me sad. Someone ticked me off. The only way someone did that to you is because you gave them control. So it's your fault. We're going to take control. We're not, we're not babies here. Babies say, wah, 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 but we do it too. Let's eliminate it from our vocabulary. No one can make you do anything unless you have given that person access to your heart. Unless you have given them the ox cord to your heart. The DJ is the most important person in the car. Let's make God our DJ. Let's let him ride shotgun. We need to stop giving people control who have no business having control. That person didn't die for your heart. Jesus did. Proverbs 3, next verse, verse 6, says, In all your ways... Submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You see, when God is in our lives, God will make our path straight. What that means is our circumstances around us will no longer be that which dictates our lives. But understand this, because so many people think, well, if God's in my life, I'm going to live good all of a sudden. That God's going to rain the blessings down. God is going to send fire and destroy those negative people in my life. He's going to kill off my coworkers. That's not what it means. <laughs> it's funny. This is a side note. I was reading my Bible this week, and I laughed. There's a story, and uh, Jesus is with his disciples, and <laughs> the disciples go into this town, and the people reject them there. And the disciples say to Jesus, they're like, hey, Jesus, should we call down fire and get rid of these people? And Jesus is like, no. It's like, check your heart. But it was, it was funny. I laughed. But where am I going with this? In our, <laughs> in our lives, guys, when God says, I'm going to make your path straight. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring joy. The, the, the biggest temptation that we have and the biggest misconception we have is that God is about to change your circumstance. He's not. What is a straight path? Get this. Our path is our perspective. Our path is our perspective. What God wants to straighten is not your situation. He wants to straighten your perspective, how you look at things, how you see things. You see, so many of us, we're waiting for God to change something around us. But I have a belief, and it's this. If we change what's in us, what's around us will always change. If we change what's in us, you will be so surprised how around you will change. It's just our perspective. He says, submit to me. I'll make your path straight. But what God wants to do, he said, I want to give you a new perspective. I want to change how you see things. I was, I was in a car this week, and we were driving, and we were on the Anthony Hende, and there's two people in the car, and, and one of them was like, man, I hate the Anthony Hende so much. It's like, this is the road that I drive every single day for work. And how it turns out, both people in the car, they both drive on the Hende for work, about 40 minutes, which is a long way. And it's like, man, I hate driving on the Hende. The Hende is so annoying. Don't you hate it too? Another person's like, no, I actually quite enjoy it. He's like, you know, it's long, but I just listen to music. I'll call people, and it's just a good time. And he's like, yeah, well, I, I call people to listen to music, but don't you just hate that you lose 40 minutes of your life every single day? And he's like, well, I, I could look at it like that. He's like, or I could just say this is something I have to do every single day. So why am I going to give it control of my heart? I'm going to look at the positives. Why am I, why am I, what am I complaining about? I have to do this, so I might as well enjoy it. Friends, think of the stupid things we give control to our hearts. How many of us get ticked off at traffic? Man, this traffic sucks. Why do I live in this city? Move to Toronto, you'll see traffic. 
It's just, it's a matter of perspective, right? When God says he wants to make our path straight, he wants to fix our perspective. How many of us complain during this polar vortex? It's so cold. Why do I live in Edmonton? <laughs> what if we began to change our perspective and say, man, it's cold as heck outside, but praise God above, I have a house that I can live in. I have a car where the heat works. If he doesn't work, that was a cold couple weeks for you. But what God is trying to do, he's trying to change our perspective. He says, I will make your path straight. What he's saying is our path is our perspective. He wants to change how we see things, how we view things. So get this. The first thing we need to do, if we want to guard our hearts, we've got to give God control. The second thing we need to do is we need to choose our view. We need to choose our view. What that means is we need to choose how we look at our situations. We need to choose how we look at our lives. Because if we do not make the choice, our feelings will take over. Our heart is deceitful. That's what the Bible is saying. So saying if every single day, if we do not make the choice, we go back to default mode. So we need to choose our perspective. We need to choose our view. And I have a belief when there is change in you, you will see change around you. You want to blame your coworkers? I'm in such a negative environment. My family is just toxic. That's why we talk like this. Get this. If you begin to change, I promise you, you will see change around you. I've never seen a positive person that rolls with negative people. Because no one is going to try to gossip around someone that you know will never gossip. And if we're blaming our situation, start asking yourself, why are people comfortable gossiping around me? Why are people comfortable complaining around me? Perhaps it's because they know that you're going to join right in. And so if we begin to change what's in us, you will see that around us changes. We just need to start changing our view. Verse 6. We're going through this one by one. I'm sorry we don't have the verses. It says, in all your ways... No, we already read that one. Verse 7. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. This right here is the key to winning the battle within. This is the absolute key. Our first step is give God control. Our second step is choose your view. Our next step, and I'll tell you in a second, it comes from verse 7. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes, because here's what we do. For so many of us, we'll win the battle on Saturday, and we completely forget it by Sunday. Last week, I challenged us. I said, man, what's your soundtrack? What's the first thing you're doing when you wake up? I said, put away your iPod. Put away your phone. Maybe we did it Monday, we did it Tuesday, and it's like, I'm good. But then Thursday comes, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm back on my phone. What he's saying is saying, do not be wise in your own eyes. What that means is do not think higher of yourself than you ought to. Do not think that you are stronger than you really are. How many of you guys have ever had victory over something only to fall again? How many of us have lost weight only to gain weight back again? How many of us have stopped watching things that we, we shouldn't be watching only to watch things again? How many of us have done something only to fall right back into it? I used to watch the show uh, Extreme, weight loss makeover, Extreme Makeover Weight Loss Edition. And without fail, everything happened the same every single time. They would lose like hundreds of pounds, like literally hundreds of pounds. And then somewhere in the middle, they get this, like, this idea that I'm kind of good. I'm killing it. And every single time, they get caught up at Wendy's. Like with the secret, the secret camera would hit them up. And it's funny, without fail, because I think us as people, we have this thing where it's like, if I have victory for a day, if I have victory for a week, then I'm good. And inevitably, we fall back into our old patterns. 
We guard our hearts for a day, we guard our hearts for a week, but then inevitably we fall back into our own patterns. And so what's, what Solomon is telling us here, what Proverbs is saying, is saying you want to guard your heart, you want to give God control, here's what you have to do. You have to do it again. This is the third point. Do it again. You gave God control today, you know what you got to do tomorrow? You got to do it again. You got to do it again. You guys have heard the, 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 the old adage, it takes 21 days to form a habit. I read an article this week. It was examining if this was actually true. And so they did some deep research into the 21-day thing. And so what this study concluded was that on average, it actually took people 66 days from starting a new behavior to automatically doing it. That was on average. So the range of people, the shortest was 18 days. The longest it took people was 254 days to start a habit. You can ask yourself, where am I on that spectrum? You see, what, 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 what science is saying, science is backing us up. It says, you want to make a new habit. You want to change the soundtrack of your heart. You need to do it again. You, you can't just do it one time a week. There was a, there was a study that came out, and it says the average person, in 2019, if they consider themselves a churchgoer, like there's surveys that go out, do you go to church? Yes. The person who considers himself an, an, an average attender goes twice a month. 20 years ago, the person who considered himself a church attender went four times a month. It's gone down in half, twice a month. And so what that means, if you're bad at math, is two times every 30 or so days. And the reason I'm telling you guys that is because what that means is for a lot of people, you will only have something positive in your life twice a month. You will only listen to the right things twice a month. And we wonder why our minds and our, and our hearts are filled with anxiety. And I'm not saying that you need to start coming every single week, but I am. <laughs> Friends, I have a belief it's this. We need to make the choice before we are challenged. We need to make the choice before we are challenged. Because understand this. So many of us, what happens is we try to make the choice in the midst of the challenge. You guys know what that's like? It's like, I'm going to go on a diet, but I'm going to make the choice at McDonald's not to eat. But you're already in line. It's like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? <laughs> we need to make the choice before we are challenged. That's why I say, man, what's your soundtrack every single day? What are you starting your day with? Because that which you start with is how you will finish. If you're trying to fight the battle against anxiety in the moment, you will lose. We need to make that choice in the morning, saying, I'm going to give God my heart today. I'm going to give God my heart right now. That's what we have to do. We want to win the battle. Some of you guys may have been here for announcement time. We've got the morning mixtape coming. I hope you guys are excited for it. What it is, we're going live every single morning, starting Monday for the next two weeks, maybe three if we can't change your hearts. But we want to help you guys start your day on the right foot. We want to help you guys start your day with the right soundtrack. Because so many of us, we listen to garbage in the morning and we got garbage all day. We want to help you guys start your day off right. So we're super excited for the morning mixtape. Tune in on Instagram. We'll try to get it on Facebook too, hopefully. But what we want to do is we want to help you control your soundtrack. We want to help you give God control. And part of giving God control is doing it again. We do it Monday, we do it Tuesday, we do it Wednesday, we do it Thursday, we do it Friday, we do it again. Because friends, here is what, what Solomon is saying. This is the last verse in Proverbs. This is where you want to get to. He says, when you do all of this, verse 8, he says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He 
14, the reason we need to do this thing is because we need complete healing of our bodies. We need complete healings of our minds. There's too many people that I know. We live our lives dominated by other people, what they think of us. We live our lives as slaves to anxiety, slaves to anger, slaves to sadness. What Solomon is telling us is if we can put these principles in place, if we can begin to give God control, we can begin to have healing in our bodies. But it's not going to happen in one day. Because some of us, our hearts have been for sale for the last 35 years. So we've got to reel it in slowly. But we're going to do it. In this series, we still have two weeks left, and I believe in my heart that God's about to change some lives. And so I want to encourage you guys, bring someone back next week. We're talking about forgiveness, and that's the hardest thing in the entire world, but someone next week needs to hear it. And so I encourage you to be here, because this battle is just beginning. So if you guys could stand with us, we're about to close. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Hey, we would love for you to join us in person. If you have any questions or would like more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and you will find everything you need and so much more. We'll see you next time.